When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Weekend Ball Podcast. Um, I don't know how to start this intro because I'm on cloud nine right now. Um, I'm welcomed <laughs> by S. Barahini, a good friend of mine uh, at SCPN Sports. Everyone should check out his uh, multiple podcasts. Uh, so you can plug yourself quickly before we uh, jump into this amazing uh, Canada win by 30 against France, the the reigning uh, silver medalist. Yeah. Hey, hi, everybody. Um, check out the work I do on SDPN sports. Uh, yeah. Host a podcast called the objective basketball podcast, but do a lot of, you know, uh, Twitter stuff, uh, NBA content stuff, video stuff, writing and, and things of that nature. I'm, I'm probably selling myself a little bit short, but Alex, it's because I'm also excited here to uh, talk about Canada and the fact that they, they just beat the, the fifth best team in the entire world by 30 points. Oh, I, I and and you know what? What's crazy about that is, um, and everyone's sorry about my lighting. I'm in uh, the stadium, and uh, I swear to God, every uh, everywhere around me is all light. So I don't know what else to do. Um, but uh, yeah, just especially after that first half where they couldn't make a shot, and I did feel really confident that hey, they're up three. How are they up three when they went? I think you said they were three of thirteen from the three point line. So. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So that's kind of okay. Law of big numbers. They're going to re- revert to the mean. But man, I did not expect that third quarter where Shea just was dominant, had 15 points, six of eight. Um, yeah. I don't know how many steals or rebounds he had, um, but uh, he definitely had a, a lot. And they just were dominant on defense, dominant on offense, just absolutely outstanding. Um, I had been talking about how this team had had stretches where they were really good offensively. I thought in the Germany, the second Germany game, they put up 113 points. They were really good, but they couldn't stop Germany. In the Spain game, their defense grinded to the halt. They only had 85 points in 45 minutes. Uh, I said defense. I meant offense. They grinded to the halt. But their defense was phenomenal. And in that third quarter, it just felt... I don't know. I think of those like great teams in the NBA where they just say like the Warriors 2017. I'm not saying it's the same, but (laughs) just the idea where it's okay. We're just going to not let you score and we're going to score at will. Um, I don't know if it was a specific like 12-0 run or whatever. Um, Sorry, I was too in it to just watching Shea make acrobatic shot after acrobatic shot. So um, just from someone that wasn't in the arena and just watching on like at home, what was it like to, to see to Shea go to work? And because in the a building, it was just electric. And what yeah. was also amazing was just Dylan Brooks was getting MVP chance, um, which was just, uh, I did not, after being, I think, booed. I don't really understand the Indonesian fans right now, but uh, they they definitely <laughs> like Canada. That's that's the one thing I'm getting from it right now. That's good. That's good. No, I mean, look, you, you, you summed it up pretty well. Uh, that third quarter, they just blew the doors off of what France was trying to do, uh, both offensively and defensively. I think the point of attack defense was the main point here throughout this entire game. You saw guys like Dylan Brooks, uh, who like hats off to Dylan Brooks. Shea was incredible, but I think like if you had to give the the trophy to anyone for today's game, it'd be Dylan Brooks and the way he stopped Evan Fournier in that second half. 
Uh, Fournier went into the first half with 18 points. He ended up the game with 21. So that shows yeah. you just how incredible, uh, just how locked in they were on the on the perimeter, navigating over screens, just like helping over, rotating, you know, making sure that even on the weak side, when Fournier was on the weak side, they kind of closed out too yeah. quickly and, and, and got, you know, like they weren't trying to let him settle into easy shots. They weren't trying to give him any kind of space. And that was all a credit to Dylan Brooks, Lou Dort as well. I think those guys so, really changed the complexion of the game. Yeah, no, I asked Lou Dort just about that change. And unfortunately, for some reason, my recorder didn't work. So uh, out of all my clips, the one on one, but just from what he was talking about, he just said, yeah, like we just stepped it up. Um, nothing yep. kind of different. I, you know, what was the difference in the second half? And, and he just said, well, we just played better. Right. Yeah. And I think in a game where you blow out a team like that, especially at, at in the second half, everything did go right for Canada, but at the same time, they forced, they, they made their own luck. They, they got wide open shots. They forced turnovers for France. I think what was interesting is France had a lot of turnovers in their friendly game against Australia. Uh, mm -hmm. I think they had 20. I don't know how many, they had nine at half probably in the high teens i'd have to double check yeah. but um they forced well, canada, so many turnovers they did they did and i think i think that's the recipe for success for canada it's it's getting out getting stops in defense right in the half court uh limiting points in transition limiting points in the paint um and then off of that forcing turnovers getting out and running and getting in transition i think their transition points tonight were let's say 12 uh, points, to 2 yeah, yeah, yeah fast twelve break. to two for for fast break points, points off turnovers. It was twenty to four, uh, so it just shows you how much they rely on the fast break, how much on how much they rely on turning defense into offense, and I think that's the way this Canada team wants to play. This was this was an all honestly like the perfect example of how this team is supposed to play they played an ideal game and even though they struggled from the from the field in the first half they still found a way to win because they hung their hat on their defense uh and the fact that they were able to to sort of like find a game plan to stop france even though you know fournier was cooking them in the first half gobert despite the foul trouble was was getting in the paint and kind of doing some things lasort i believe his name was yeah, he was yeah, doing some it. things uh doing some things inside in the interior as well they found ways to counteract that defensively and i i think like jordy fernandez at camp right one of the more shocking things was the fact that he said this team needs to be the best defensive team in the tournament yeah and they just went out and showed it you know I, I think they have that potential they showed it today no i think with that i think you you said it perfectly because uh this team i, I jordy fernandez deserves a lot of credit because he had a really short time window. It's been less than a month that he's been coaching this team. Training camp was August 1st. We're the 25th. Um, and in a way with Indonesian time, it's even less than that. Uh, <laughs> but just the fact that this team came together defensively. And if you looked at the first three or four games, you you were thinking, well, Kelly Olenek's slow on the perimeter. Dwight Powell maybe lost a step. Isn't as big as a guy such uh, as Rudy Gobert. And... Guess what? They went into. I think their defensive principles are let's put a lot of ball pressure because we have guys like Dylan Brooks, like Lou yeah. Dort. RJ Barrett's a good defender. Shea is, is really good at that. The guy's dribbling by him and he just pokes it Poke in up. front of him. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Um, and I think he had five steals against New Zealand. So just, I, I don't, I'm just at a loss for words because I know it's I, still shocking. Yeah. I mean, look, and, even and, the. Even yeah. the best case scenario, Alex, was like, this is 
People thought the best case scenario would be a win, but this was an absolute domination and, of one of the best teams in the world. And just for people that, uh, I mean, what the first thing that came to mind after this game was, oh my God, oh my God, they can win the FIBA World Cup. I really think if they play anything close to that level, they are as good as the United States. Um, the United States does not have a player. I, I really like Anthony Edwards, but they do not have a player the, of the ilk of Shea Gilgis Alexander. Kelly Olynyk is a really good player. And if Canada plays um, its top, ha- has a rotation of seven, eight guys, maybe Kyle Alexander is the backup big. They're all NBA players. Um, I don't mean all NBA. I mean, they are all NBA all, players, yeah. Um, yeah. just for clarification. But with that, the United States is the same thing. You're playing NBA players against NBA players, and you have the best player on the court. And a lot of the times, even though I obviously the U.S. has better quality all around, they don't have a Shea Gilgis Alexander. And what he did in that third quarter was, I don't, I'm trying to think of a comparison. Maybe Steph Curry without threes, um, just phenomenal. For Shea, I I think Shea reminds me a lot of. Um, and this is this is the utmost compliment to him as a player. Shea reminds me a lot of Tony Parker. Um, mm, that's an like, interesting comparison. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. I always catch people off guard with that. It's just because like no, the way Tony Tony Parker was one of the best guard finishers in for his generation. Like you look it up, he is still one of the best guard finishers uh, of all time. And I think the way he was finesse and just crafty around the basket the way he could kind of slither his way into crevices that other players couldn't shea has a lot of that um now shea is is longer um he already is sort of a better shooter than tony parker was even in his prime and i think he'll grow uh, as a shooter as he as he kind of moves forward we saw him kind of try that step back a little bit in that first game uh and through these exhibition games he's tried it a bunch too I think he'll grow offensively. I just think like some of the offensive stuff he does in the paint to kind of like force guys off their spot to to slither his way into a, a an area that reminds me uh, with, of Tony Parker. You know, with with the Tony Parker comparison, that's a really apt one because they are point they are paint finishers. They are paint yeah the guys that get their points in the paint, and that's where Shea lives. And with that, just the fact that he was able to get around a Rudy Gobert, force those pull-up yeah. um, jump shots, mid-range, more, more closer to the rim, more 10-footers, give or take. Um, and those were barely missing or just a bit off in the first half. And then in the second, it just was swish, swish. Yep. The one where he shot it behind the backboard, I I think it made them go up 20 at the time. And, oh, I just felt, wow, they're, they're, they're going to win this game easily. I didn't think it would be 30 points. Maybe I thought, oh, okay, they'll they'll manage yeah. it out and win by 15. But just that performance and at the end of the day, the talent rose, right? You see a Absolutely. you see a guy like Nikhil Alexander Walker making threading the needle for great passes. He's a really good shooter. Um Dylan Brooks was fantastic attacking the lane took a couple of good shots. He, he, he didn't take any dumb shots. I don't know if, if yeah. this is the Houston Rockets, uh, Dylan Brooks, man, oh man, they're getting a really good, uh, I guess, high level role player 
um, yeah. because his defense was phenomenal. He's a decent finisher at the rim, which I don't, I don't, I didn't watch a lot of Memphis. Um, I know you probably did, but I didn't know he had that finishing capability, although it is against France who yeah, probably it's, isn't it's as lengthy. It, and yeah, it, yeah. it's similar to the RJ Barrett thing that I asked them about what, uh, a couple of days ago about what's the biggest difference between the NBA and, and FIBA. And he said the paints wide open, which doesn't really make sense, but for RJ, the theory that I've, thought about and and other people have talked about is that just the there's not the same athletes and so Mm -hmm. it's easier to get by guys even though there's defensive three seconds um they they have that ability to to get to the rim easy easily and then once you're at the rim even against a guy such as the caliber of rudy gobert they're still nba players they're that close to the rim they could they can finish those buckets i did think rj was a bit quiet he made a couple open shots but they didn't need him and he still wasn't bad. And he got to the free throw line. Um, Kelly Olenek was phenomenal. He had amazing back cuts, uh, passes for back cuts, made a couple big shots uh, really in the yeah. first half. I thought he really stepped up his game. He kept the team afloat offensively. Yeah. I want to say something about Kelly. O. he is definitely the calming presence of this team. Uh, when things weren't going their way offensively in that first half, when the shots weren't falling for Shea and, you know, Dort and RJ, they just weren't hitting any of their shots. It was really Kelly Olynyk that was just keeping them afloat, uh, both from a half-court perspective as a playmaking hub. They were running a lot of these delay actions so that, you know, Kelly can kind of be that guy above the break making plays to cutters. And then on top of that, uh, I just think his defensive consistency, he got into foul trouble, but that didn't stop him from being aggressive on Rudy Gobert and then switching out onto these bigger, well, these faster guards on France and Nando DiColo and guys like that. I just, th- I think he was incredible. And, and the calming presence aspect, because he's been in so many FIBA games, he mm-hmm. knows it's like, yeah, and I wonder we, with... we're, we're going to be in situations like this, but we have to find ways to be successful. And he, felt, was, he was huge in that. Yeah. I felt the turning point might be, and it's weird to think about it this way, but the Rudy Gobert on Sportsman like, wow, I think they were down about give or take seven points and they get, I mean, it might've been five, but they got free throws. I, they scored on the next possession, I believe. And it felt as though France was pushing uh, just getting to closer to 10 points. And then once you get to 15 and it felt it was maybe going in that direction um, after the first quarter. And he really settled those runs for France and the defense just was really good all night. There was a couple of breakdowns as there is, but I mean, uh, sure. They played better defense in the second half than the first half, but I wouldn't have said that they played terrible defense in the first half. Um, Nando DiColo made just phenomenal shots. Uh, Evan Fournier, as you said, 18 points in the first half. He was making really, really tough shots. So um, I just, I I don't know. I just feel this team has just changed the whole narrative in one game. And that's really, that's something you have to be mindful of because it's one game. I will say this, maybe I'm going to get aggregated for this, but I find it really hard to believe they don't make the quarterfinals after this one. They just beat the team that is probably going to come second in their group. They have 30-point differential. They're not losing to Latvia by 30 points. So they're making it out of the group uh, in Lebanon. No offense to Lebanon. And then in the second round, uh, if they beat Brazil, I I just don't see them losing a game by that amount of margin. And I I think they'll take care of Brazil and probably Spain. I mean, I still I think they're going to win out at this point the way they played. If they play that level, Spain will not be able to catch them. 
And then they're in the quarterfinals, have a tough draw. I really like Germany. Um, and uh, they might play them. They might not. I'm not sure how it works with the seeding. But it's, man, it is just really cool to just see. It's been it's been so long. It's been so long. I remember 2015. Yeah. I remember 2021. I think I almost cried in <laughs> when uh, yeah. Sadoransky when made that Sadoransky, shot. After, uh, no, after that yeah. amazing run by Andrew Wiggins with a crazy shot. And they, they came back yeah. by maybe eight or nine points in the last minute and a half. And yeah. finally, it's that golden age. And we have to give so much credit to Shea because if he doesn't buy into this program in 2022 and say, hey, I'm here for the three years, I don't know if Brooks is there. I don't know if maybe Lou Dort's there, but just the other guys might not commit. And yeah. uh, that. And I'll say this, like, I think, I think, you know, even outside of this tournament, I think the idea is, look, they will. After this game, you're right. The expectations sort of change because it goes from, oh, maybe we can qualify for the Olympics to, oh, maybe we can win this entire tournament. Um, and we'll see. Like Jordy Fernandez said, it's, you know. And they do game, have they do right? have the really hard draw. And I've talked exactly. about it on the show before, but Dominican barely squeaked by the Philippines, which, man, if yeah. Philippines would have won that with this result, Canada, I, yeah. Canada's going to the Olympics. Uh, at this point, I still f- feel as though Dominican's going to make the quarterfinals and have an easier opponent, and it just sucks we'll because we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah. They play Look, Italy. I, I think. I think at this point, like we don't know what to expect from this team, this Canadian team. Now, uh, I mean, I think the expectations have risen after this game, and and they'll have to match those expectations. But to your point about commitment. Um, and what to look forward to. I think the fact that there isn't a Jamal Murray on this team, the fact that there isn't an Andrew Wiggins, a Ben Matherin, an Andrew Nembard, a Chris Boucher, Trey Lyles, I can go on and on. The fact that some of these guys might end up on that 2024 Olympic team, it gives you hope that not only is this the start of a golden age in Canadian basketball on the men's side, but also the, the start of a dominant run for this team potentially uh they they've really arrived i think this game uh people will look back at this game and say this is the game that they've arrived at ever arrived if you will yeah no and to piggyback off that um i i do think that what they've done is just shown that they're ready to to compete for medals at international events and i really felt they were a bit wobbly on that and what i also really like about this team is Nikhil, I was asking him, I think it was today. I forget if it was today or yesterday. It, it all blurs um, out, but that the, the players are really, they have really defined roles, right? And uh, he said that we we've, a lot of guys had to dumb down their roles just in terms of making it simpler. So um, yeah, I just, I, I just think it's awesome. And this team is built to go really deep and just to see it finally on the court. We always see those memes of, of guys, <laughs> Shea with a Canada basketball jersey and, and is finally going to uh, finally it's him with a 27 13 and 6 piece so it's nice to, yeah. to see it so S, just before you go just final thoughts look uh, my final thought is that SJ is a superstar he is arguably the best player in this entire tournament uh, you know Luka Doncic might have words to say about that but <laughs> Otherwise, maybe not after fact, today. Yeah, maybe not after today. But but otherwise, I mean, having a player like that 
will always be your trump card in these types of situations. And I think moving forward in the tournament, when they're facing tougher competition, when they maybe potentially end up in the quarterfinals, I think you are going to have a guy like Shea that you can rest your hat on and be able to depend on a guy like that to be able, to really be able to do things like he did today. Um, and despite a, a ugly first half for Canada, showing how resilient they were in the second half to be able to battle defensively, to be able to find a game plan mid-game, it's a credit to Jordi Fernandez. It's a credit to essentially this entire roster and how they've really come together over these last three or four weeks. Um, and yeah, special things coming for this Canadian team. Yeah, and uh, the the biggest game of their of the Canadian program's history is now Lebanon. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, it's gonna be really fun. Um, they're gonna make it out of this group now. That's I, yeah. I just can't imagine them losing to Latvia, and even then with the point differential. So they're gonna be in the second round. Uh, they're almost. I, I don't know. I'm trying to really not go. This is the next dream team because obviously that's not the case. Yeah, we'll see. But we'll see. We'll, we'll see. But um, thanks so much, S, for doing this. And and guys, uh, I will definitely have a big kind of a longer pod. But uh, tomorrow with with Scott Witter, uh, the Canadian uh, basketball guru, who is all around me today, taking videos for me. Uh, he was great. <laughs> he actually showed Dylan Brooks. Uh, I don't know if people saw this in Twitter, but he had a Dylan Brooks T-shirt. Um, I forget did, how. It, did. I saw it. And yeah. uh, Dylan Brooks uh, saw it and it was like, hey, and uh, Dwight Powell noticed it and showed it to Lou Dort. So uh, I'm going <laughs> to be trying to bring those types of stories uh, to with Scott um, tomorrow on, on the pod. We'll, we'll definitely go into it. And uh, S, thanks so much for for taking the time and doing this and uh, being mindful that I had to rush up here and and, and no worries, waiting man. for me. No so worries. anyways, thanks so much, S. And, and guys, stay tuned for tomorrow. We'll have a really fun podcast with Scott Witter and uh, dissect this uh, huge, huge win for Canada basketball and really feels like a momentum shift in the whole program and, and the direction of uh, the men's national team.